Amen. You may be seated. What an awesome time of singing praises to God. Uh, man, you've got your voices on today. It's good. Thank you, Lord. Happy Mother's Day again to everyone this morning. Um, can I just grab that water um, table thingy there? That, guys, that'd be fantastic. Um, I just want to pray again for uh, the, the mothers here today and for all of us that we would really hear what God wants to say to us this morning. Does that sound good? I hope so. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Lord God, we just thank you this morning for all you have done for us, Lord Jesus, that we have a reason to sing praises to you, that we have a reason to stand and declare and come together and thank you for everything you have done for us. Lord God, I just pray your encouragement for every mum here, for every person who's lost a mum. Lord God, for those who've maybe desired to be mums but never have been able to be a mum. God, we just thank you for your love for every single person here today, that you know our struggles, you know our challenges. Lord, you know everything that's happened in our lives. You understand the, the pains in our life today. And God, I just pray that you would speak into our lives, into our situations today. We just thank you, Lord, for your word that is powerful and effective. Lord, I pray that you would give us a, a hunger to read your word, that you would give us such a desire to, to saturate ourselves with your word, that we would hear what your spirit is saying to us through your word. God, we just thank you for your intimate knowledge of us. And Lord, as we leave this place today, God, I pray that we would have a confidence, that we would have a boldness, that we would have a strength like we'd forgotten we could ever have. Or maybe that we have never known that, Lord, we would leave this place with a, a joy and a peace and a, a courage for the future. That you would move in our hearts, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of my message this morning, I often don't have titles, but if, you've, if, you've got, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Write down what God's saying to you, even if it's not what I'm saying, just write down what He's saying. Um, the title of my message this morning is, When You've Got nothing. Sounds really exciting, doesn't it? When you've got nothing. Now, I really hope this morning, as I was preparing, I sort of thought, wow, I hope this isn't um, true for anyone on their Mother's Day this morning. Maybe you got no breakfast in bed, you got no presents, you got... I, I, I hope it's not true. I'm sure it might be for some of you. I gave mum a hug already this morning. That's, hopefully you've had a hug or a high five or a welcome at least this morning. But uh, that's all my message. When you've got nothing... I wonder if you've ever felt like you've got nothing left, maybe physically, maybe spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that you have just been totally drained. You have poured it all out and there is nothing left. Has anyone ever felt like that? I know I have. I went bike racing yesterday. Uh, my average bike ride at the moment is about 20Ks. We raced 44Ks and I got to about the 35 kilometer mark and I had nothing left. I sort of wobbled my way home, but uh, it was, it, I was exhausted physically. I remember a time when I was, I think I was about 22 years old and I was regularly doing sort of 120 kilometre bike rides and I was riding down to Lavers Hill and back and I was doing my regular route. I turned around this particular point, I think it was a, like a, a reflector on the road, that was my turning point. I sort of think about it now, I think, I didn't even stop for a coffee or anything, like just right out there, right home again. <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, this particular day I'd gone out there but I forgot to take any food with me. And normally, if I rode to lawn, I'd sit and eat my sandwiches before I rode home again. But this day, I didn't take any food with me. And this day, I, I'm ridden to lawn, uh, sorry, to Labor's Hill, and I've turned around, I started riding home, and I'm starting to get a little bit hungry. Like, four hours on the bike, you get pretty hungry. And I've come through Jallybrand, and I'm thinking, man, I'm getting tired. 
And if you know the area very well, you come past Love's Creek there, and then you come up to around the corner to the left there, and a little bit further up on the left is the old Beachy Bakery used to be there. Anyone remember the old Beachy Bakery? Yeah, the good old days. Anyway, um, and I just come around that corner, about to head up the hill towards the Beachy Bakery, and my body is just so exhausted. I'm seeing stars. And I've just seen a little patch of grass over there. I'm like, that looks soft. Let's go for that. And I've kind of half stepped off the bike, half fallen, and just gone plop into the grass. I'm like, oh, this is so good. It's like, I just felt like my body was just floating. I'm seeing stars. And I've heard stories about people that get to this point and they're just like seeing stars and pink fairies. And I was like, woo, just so tired. I had nothing left in my body. And I'm just lying there in the grass. I'm not sure how long for. I got to a point, I'm like, I can't stay here. Like, if I stay here, I'm just going to die in the grass. Like, it's long grass. It's not going dis- to disappear. <laughs> so I, I, I managed to stand up, and I, I swing my leg over the bike, and I begin to pedal, and I'm sort of wobbling my way up the hill. And I remember thinking, if I don't get hit by a car, this is going to be a miracle, because I just could not control my bike. I could hardly see where I was going. And I somehow managed to wobble my way back up to Burton's Lookout, and then the, sort of rolled back down to home. I got home to the driveway, rolled in the driveway, and basically just collapsed on the front doorstep. I was totally spent. And I don't know how long I was there for, but mum was out, and mum came home again at some point, and found me just lying there on the footstep, on the footstep, the the doorstep, and I'm just shaking, I'm just so cold, so cold. I just had nothing left, my body was just shutting down. I was exhausted, I don't remember much more than I just, being in the doctors and having ECGs and blood tests and things going on. I think at the end of the day they sort of said, Andrew, you need to eat. (laughs) You need to get strength and refuel your body when you're exercising. That's a good tip, that's... That's not the moral of the story. That's the, if you've got nothing, it's not always a good thing to eat, is it? When we're emotionally spent and it's not always a good thing just to keep eating, but that's not the moral of the story. But I wonder if you've ever been in that place where you have just totally poured yourself out, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, and you just feel like you have got nothing left within you. You feel like you're about to drop dead. You have got nothing left. I think about times in my life where I've just been so emotionally, physically, spiritually just drained. I've been running like crazy, trying to do the things I feel God's called me to do. And many times I believe He had called me to do those things. And there's times when we just get to a point of exhaustion. And I want to speak into that situation today. Maybe you're in that place today. Maybe you've been in that place today and you're thinking, what can I do different next time? Or maybe you feel like you're heading towards that place today. What can you do? Maybe you know someone who's in that place or been in that place or you can see he's heading that direction. Let's hear what God would say to us today. I remember going to Papua New Guinea last time and um, I just really felt stirred to try and get some things uh, together and and worked out before I went to to share when I was in Papua New Guinea and when we went across to Indonesia and it was just a really really busy time and I'd done my best to try and get things together and was seeking God for 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 messages and things to to preach when I was in Papua New Guinea in Indonesia and I just had nothing nothing was coming I'd had no time and I, to be honest, I, I got a few sermons off the shelf that I'd preached before here and found some other material by Dave and Jenny and, and others that I sort of thought, I can, I can use that, I can, I can speak from those materials. 
But I, I just got on that plane as we headed off and sort of felt like, God, I've got nothing. But in my moment of feeling like I had nothing, just as I began to seek God and, and open my Bible, it's amazing what God spoke into that situation. On that plane trip, I wrote down notes and notes and notes and notes and notes, and it was just like God was giving me so many things. And from those notes, over the next two weeks, I expanded on them. I shared them in Bible college for four days in Papua New Guinea, then Indonesia. And to be honest, there was a whole series when I came back that was based out of those notes from on that plane. And the message we just did on the life of Paul... came out of that time on that plane. So I want to say to you this morning, you might feel like you've got nothing, but get ready for God to speak into your situation. God can bring something amazing even when you feel like you've got nothing. Is that good? I think that's fantastic. That excites me. That gives me hope. That gives me encouragement. That gives me strength to go on. Because you know what? When we lose when we get to that place of having nothing, like me on that bike that day, I had no strength to go on. I, I, my, my sight physically began to lessen. And we can lose vision. We can lose strength. We can lose hope in those moments if we don't know how to respond in those moments. So this morning, we're going to open our Bibles. Who's got their Bibles with them? Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. And if you're reading along in the CFC Bible reading plan... You go, ah, 2 Kings chapter 4. I've read this this week already. Amen. (laughs) 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. If you haven't got a copy of the CFC Bible reading plan and you're not sure where to read it in the Bible at the moment, grab a copy and uh, have a plan that you can read along with. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. This woman comes to the prophet of God and said, My husband served you. My husband loved God, and and you know my husband. But he is dead, and he's gone, and, and we've got nothing left. And this credit has come. He's going to take my sons as slaves our source is gone. The husband who worked and got an income, he's gone, he's dead. And she cries out and says, please, would you do something? Please, can you help me? I've got nothing left. My husband is dead and now I'm going to lose my sons. Please, will you help me? Please, I've got nothing. You know my husband, love God, he served you. Please, would you help me? I want to say right from the start that 
There is no blessing. There is no good thing that comes from faking it with God. If you feel like you have nothing, if you feel like you are broken, if there is something in your life at the moment that just grieves you, it hurts you, it it just brings pain to your life, bring it to God. Come to Him. Begin to cry out and say, God, this is how it is. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling right now. I love the Psalms. I love it through the Psalms because the Psalmists, you you see, as they, they, they sing their songs, as they write their poems, as they... Praise God for His goodness. They also say it how it is. They get angry with God. They're they're sad. They're they're joyful. The emotion in those psalms is so real. It is so raw. I remember times in my life when I felt like I've got nothing left and I've turned to the psalms and I've read the psalms and I'm like, I'm with you, bro. God, what's the deal? But then as it comes to the end, it says, Yet I will sing a song of praise to my God. I'll raise a hallelujah, even though I face this battle. There's no blessing that comes from faking it before God. We all wear masks sometimes. We all try and gather up our strength and keep going in life. We, we, we don't want to just, when people ask, how's it going? All of us be going, it's terrible. Like We've got to pick our people to be honest with. But there's no need to ever fake it before God. And we don't want to fake it with each other either. We want to be real and honest in the right way in the right time. But you don't have to fake it with God. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows what's going on. Point number one this morning, let's come to our God. Let's come to Him. Let's begin to cry out. Let's say, God, this is how it is. I need you. You know the situation, God. Please, would you help me in this situation? My source is gone. Let's acknowledge the realities of our situations. Actually, just something's just re- dropped back into my mind just as we were worshipping this morning. I just had this sense that uh, sometimes God speaks words to people and, and God can speak to you. And just had this, this thought this morning that there might be someone here that has a pain in their arm. And I just imagine, I've just sensed that that pain in their arm was causing their shoulder to feel so weak and like their, their arm weighs a tonne. And I believe God wants to heal that person. I don't know if there's someone here that has had that struggle this week. That they're, Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray for that person now. Lord God, I just pray that you would just heal that soreness. Lord, whether it's muscular or, or tendons or ligaments, whatever it is, it's just causing that arm to feel like it weighs a ton, that shoulder's restricted. Lord, I just pray that you would bring healing and freedom to that joint in Jesus' name. God, I just thank you for freeing that up. Lord, letting there be healing come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's come to our God. He cares for us. He knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows the reasons for the things that are happening in our lives. Sorry, I just thought of that and now I've lost my place. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So the woman cries out and then Elisha responds to the woman. He says, what can I do for you? And doesn't seem to give her any time to answer. He's like me. He asks more questions than people can answer at once. Sorry if I ever do that. (laughs) What can I do for you? And then he says, what do you have? What do you have? And I want to ask you two very similar questions this morning. And they're questions I believe we should ask ourselves if we feel like we've got nothing left. The first is, what is it that you want? 
What is it that you want? If you could have one thing in this life, what is it that you desire? What is your deepest desire at this time? What is it that you want? Kind of reminds me of when Jesus comes along to blind Bartimaeus begging on the side of the road and Jesus says to blind Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? I wonder if God himself appeared in this room right now and said to you, what do you want me to do for you? I wonder if we'd have an answer. I wonder if we really know in our heart what it is we want. I was thinking about this as I was preparing and I sort of think, well, what do I want? I thought my, my, my greatest desire is that I would know the will of God for my life, that I would know His plans for me, and that I would run with endurance the race marked out before me, that I would live and give all glory to God in every and any way He has given me opportunity to do. That's my greatest desire. I want to do that in my family. I want to do that in our church. I want to do that in the school as a chaplain. I want to do that wherever God leads me. That's my greatest desire. What is it that you want? What is it that you want? The second question I believe we need to ask ourselves is, do you see what you have? What does the woman say when Elisha says, what do you have? She goes, I've got nothing, Elisha. Don't you get it? I've got nothing. I've got that little flask of olive oil, but I've got nothing, Elisha. I've got nothing at all. I just wonder if maybe God is wanting to say to us this morning that even though we feel like we've got nothing, we need to turn around and see the things that we do have, that we might feel like is nothing, that is insignificant, that God might use that little nothing to do something extraordinary in our lives. What do you have? What do you have? I would encourage you, if you're in that place where you feel like you've got nothing left, to literally get a piece of paper, get a pen, and begin to write a list of everything that you do have. Everything that you can be thankful for. You have a bed to sleep in. Do you have a, a, a blanket to put over you? Do you have a pillow to sleep on? Do you have shoes on your feet? Do you have a home to live in? Do you have food to eat when you go home today? I pray you do. And if you don't, we have a, a CFC uh, pantry tub at the front there. We encourage you to go and grab a basket full and you can take it and you might be taking it to someone else. We don't know. Feel free to do that too. I encourage you, write down a physical list of every blessing, everything that you can think of that you do have. I think chances are we won't actually be in the same place as that woman of having nothing but one flask of olive oil. I pray that we're not in that place. And if, if you are, come and talk to me afterwards and let's see what we can do to help you have more than just one flask of olive oil. What do you have? What do you have? You know, I think sometimes that we, we see what we have and we feel like it's nothing. Maybe you've got a, a gift in some area, you've got something that you have and you feel like, oh, that's just insignificant. Every, everyone can do that. Everyone knows how to do that. But the gifts that you have are unique to yourself. Every member of God's creation is different. Every member of His body is different. The things that you can do and you feel like, well, that's nothing. That's just that little insignificant gift I've got. I want to say, no, that is not insignificant. That is something that if you bring that to God, like that olive oil, that God will multiply it. God can use it and use it significantly to encourage and bless His people. Don't see what you've got and think of it as nothing. The woman goes out and she borrows the empty jars from the friends and the neighbours 
and she begins to fill them with oil. She pours out this oil and she fills one jar and she pours it out and she fills another jar and she keeps pouring and she pours it in and she pours it in and she pours it in and she fills it 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 and then she says, quick, where's another jar? And they've run out and it stops. I think sometimes we feel like we've only got one little jar of olive oil and this is all I've got. I've got to hold on to it for as long as I can. But God wants to, to fill you again and again and again. As we pour ourselves out, God will refill you and you will be amazed at what God is able to do through your life as you pour yourself out and just keep pouring yourself out. God wants to use you as a channel, not just a vessel to fill. God wants to use you as a vessel to, to, to be filled, but then to, to be a channel that will just pour out that blessing into someone else. What is it that you have? What is it that you have today? God can use whatever nothing you have. God can use whatever nothing you have. Even in your state of having nothing, God can do something miraculous in your life. You know, another point I want to make this morning is the oil of the Holy Spirit never runs out or loses its power. So many times through the scripture we see the Holy Spirit being referred to and, and it's the imagery of oil used so often for the Holy Spirit. They poured out the anointing oil upon people. But in the New Testament we know the Holy Spirit comes upon us and anoints us for the task that God has for us. The oil of, 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 of healing, the oil of, of God's presence is poured out upon us. The Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us. And it never runs out. The Holy Spirit never loses His power. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. After He's, he's been crucified, He's risen again, and He says, I must go so that the Holy Spirit must, may come. And He's going to fill you. He's going to empower you. He's going to enable you to be my witnesses. There was a fantastic message at the state conference just recently in Geelong and talking about how the Holy Spirit never runs out. The Holy Spirit is not a, a miniature Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit with, in, inside of you is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. God's Spirit within you, if you're a believer in Christ, if you have invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, He has promised to come and live within you, to empower you. He's not a limited Holy Spirit. It's the power of God that lives within you. And we need to ask God to unblock us at times, to allow His Spirit to flow in our lives at times, but it's never going away. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to lose His power, and His Spirit is never going to run out. You can't pour out too much of yourself. You cannot be poured out so much that the Holy Spirit inside of you will run out. God's power is enough. His Spirit is enough inside of you. Point number four this morning, God is our provider, our strength, and our hope. If you have nothing else and you have Jesus, you have all that you need. If you know God, you have all you need. He is your strength, He is your source, He is your provider, and He is your hope. You know, we are so blessed as a church to be able to partner with uh, people like Dee was sharing about this morning, that we can partner with churches and people in other places that love God and get to bless people and help people who literally have very close to nothing. But even as we receive communication from them and, and, and we email and we message each other, 
You know, we, we are not their source, and they know that. They know that God is their source. He is their strength, and they're not looking to us. They're looking to God. And as I receive those messages, I just say, God is your source. We're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God will do something. But God is our source. He is our strength. You might have a million dollars in the bank account, but guess what? It could be gone tomorrow. The banks could crash. You could lose it all. Our, our resources are not our strength. Our resources are not our security. Our, the things that we might feel like give us comfort, they are not our source, our strength, or our hope. They can be gone in a flash. I just think of Job, who we talked about last week just briefly, who, who lost everything. And yet he would not curse God because he knew God was his source, his strength, and his comfort. If you have God, you can have hope. He knows your needs. He knows your pain. He knows your struggle. And he is able to work even in your state of having nothing and do something miraculous. We can trust in our God. I want to read a couple of verses to you this morning. Psalm 125 and verse 1. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. Have you ever tried to move a mountain? I have wanted to at times, like going on a hike and seeing the next mountain that you know is in your way to the destination you need to get to. You're carrying 20 kilos on your back and you're like, I just want to stop and lie down. Maybe you haven't been in that place. <laughs> we cannot shift a mountain. We cannot move a mountain. We cannot shake a mountain. And those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. We are like a mountain that cannot be moved if we are putting our trust in Jesus. If we know that God is our strength, nothing can shake us. If we know that He is our source, our strength, our hope, if we know that our eternity in his, is in His hands, Nothing can shake us. You know, in this life, we go through trials and challenges, and it, it may be hard at times, but we know that our eternity is sorted out with God, and nothing will ever change that. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people, both now and forevermore. You know, in this age and time, as, as people living in a Western nation and the way of thinking, we read that and we go, wow, the Lord surrounds me. And that's true. But I want to suggest to you this morning that it's actually not saying He just surrounds you. He surrounds His people. God's blessing is for His people. He desires that we come together as His people, that we never lose the significance of becoming a part of the body of Christ, that together God surrounds us. He protects us. There is blessing. There is, there is encouragement. There is strength as we stand strong as the people of God, not just here at CFC, but as Christian brothers and sisters as a local church, but as the global church. The Lord surrounds His people. And you know, I, I, I'm so blessed that I get to hear feedback about other pastors, other people in other places saying, I just want to say thank you for your church, for the encouragement they give us, for praying for us, for supporting us. It was a youth camp that uh, Pastor Lawrence and Annie just recently ran. Uh, that's as, on top of the youth camp that we've just given the offering for as well. And they've seen lives transformed by the gospel and the good news that this church has helped happen in that place. And the Lord stands, the Lord surrounds His people as we come together, as we stand together. Like a mountain that surrounds Jerusalem, He cannot be shaken. Proverbs chapter 3, 
I'd love to read the whole chapter, Proverbs chapter 3, but verse 5 to 10 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own, your, your own, your, your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Maybe you've got some decisions to make today. I want to encourage you, come to God, cry out to Him, and say, God, please show me the right decision for this time. Verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Maybe we need to claim that for our physical body or our spiritual strength today, that we need to turn away from evil and run to Him. Fear of the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I believe as we know the love of God, our fear of God turns into just praise and worship of God in a, a right and true way. Verse 9, Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then, you'll, then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. I wonder, are we honouring God with our wealth? Our wealth of time, our wealth of energy, our wealth of finance, whatever it is that God has given you, whatever little thing you feel like you still have, are we honouring God with that thing? Now, I've talked to before about how in the Old Testament it talks about a tithe, that God sets up a principle that we bring at 10% of the harvest, 10% of all that God gives us, bring it to God and allow Him to use it in the way that He sees fit. And I've talked about as, a, as New Testament Christians that we don't just give God a tenth of what we have, we give God everything we have. And I say, God, direct us in all that we have, in our time, our finance, our, our, our energy. God, let it all be used for your glory. And I want to encourage you today, if you've never been a person to tithe, I want to encourage you to, to honour God, to trust God with your finance. Trust God with your time to tithe your finance, your time to, to give generously and see that God is faithful, that He is true to His Word and that you will be blessed even as you give. If we are faithful with little, He will give it, allow us to be faithful with much. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Trust Him. Step out in that. I want to encourage you in that today. John chapter 4, verse 13. This is Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. He says, Anyone who drinks this water... Speaking of the water that came out of the buckets as they pulled it up out of the well, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. What a beautiful picture, a bubbling spring, a river that would never run dry, welling up from within. That is the Holy Spirit that God has sent to empower us, to fill us, to flow from within us. I wonder if we're allowing that spirit to flow in our lives at the moment. I wonder if this, in this week gone by, are we allowing that fresh, life-giving water to flow from within us? That's what God has sent us to empower us, to fill us, to, to lead us, to refresh us day by day. Now, Paul says, I, I pray in tongues and my spirit is refreshed, renewed. He says, I pray in tongues and I, I, I desire that you would all pray like, as I do. And I want to encourage you to, to, to seek God to, to when you don't know what to pray, just to begin to pray in tongues and let your spirit be built up. It's amazing as I come to God and I, I feel like I've got nothing left or maybe I'm coming and I'm preparing a sermon. I'm thinking, God, I have no idea what you're going to say today. Let's be honest now. <laughs> I just begin to pray and I have these thoughts, these, these concerns or these pressures and I think, God, speak to me. 
And just as I begin to pray, as I speak in tongues, as I read his word, all the cares of the world begin to fade away. I begin to think about what Jesus has done for me on the cross. I begin to think about and believe what he has done, what he has promised, what he has spoken, and faith begins to rise. As we do that, as we allow his spirit to cleanse us out day by day, we become a channel that he can use. Not just a, a vessel to be filled, but a, 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 a channel to be filled and to, to flow with the Holy Spirit day by day. My desire is not just to be filled so I can just sit and be full, but I can be filled and flow and let it flow and let it flow to others that God's Holy Spirit, His love, His grace would be poured out everywhere I go, that people would be touched by His love and grace flowing through me. I wonder if that's your desire today. When you've got nothing, when you feel like you've got nothing left, I want to encourage you this morning, lift your eyes to Jesus. Lift your eyes to him. Raise a hallelujah. I don't know what to do, God, but I'm going to sing your praise. I'm going to thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me, that you have won the victory, and it is eternally mine through faith in you. Begin to lift your eyes and begin to sing, sing praise to him. Lift your voice in worship. Begin to declare his word. Lift your eyes to him. Let's be people who, as those around us are feeling like they've got nothing, that we begin to speak words of life and encouragement over those people. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I just want to read this, what Paul says. When he was struggling, maybe even feeling like he had nothing left, maybe. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, To keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I wonder how many of us know that when we think, yeah, I can do this, I've got this, I've done this before, that's all good, and you go and try and do it in your own strength, so often we crash and burn. <laughs> but when we realise that we are weak, that we cannot do anything to change people's minds, that we cannot do anything in this life without Him, when we acknowledge our weakness and we come to Him, God can move in powerful ways. I heard this quote from C.S. Lewis, and I, I'm not sure if I've got it exactly right, my apologies if I haven't, this quote I heard just during the week, pain is God's megaphone to the world. Now I believe what he was saying is pain is God's megaphone to the world. As we go through pain, as we go through challenges and struggles as believers in Christ, as we continue on through the pain, praising God, thanking God, not losing our hope because of the, the challenges, as we go through those things, our pain is a megaphone to the world around us about the hope we have in Him. As we go through life, pain to the world, as I talked about a, a few weeks back, the, the, the struggles, the sin that we go through just shows the world that without Jesus, without living the way that God has intended, it's so destructive. We go through things and we, we feel empty sometimes because we turn away, but let's continue 
to worship and praise and give glory to our God. One last scripture in Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You know, Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. There is going to come a day of judgment for all people. And I want to finish with this thought this morning that in reality, we might feel like we've got nothing. But without Jesus, the truth is we've all got nothing. The Bible says our our greatest deeds are like filthy rags without him. We are all sinners who deserve judgment and we need his grace. Without him, we all have nothing. Without him, we have no hope. Without him, we are lost and broken with no healer and no hope. But with Jesus, we have all things. Through Jesus, we have hope. Through Jesus, we have healing. Through Jesus, we can look forward to eternal life with him. That today, we can know he is with us. He is for us, not against us. We can know that we have the victory, but without Jesus, we've all got nothing. I want to ask the band to come, and I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Without Jesus, we've all got nothing. But he has come so that we could have life, that we could have forgiveness, that we could have strength, that we could have hope. We're going to sing a song in a moment that's based on this scripture, Psalm 16 verse 2. It says, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. But through him, we have all that we need. We don't have to fake it before God. But I want to encourage you this morning to come to him to sing a song of praise, to thank him for what he has done through the cross, to realize that we have the victory through Jesus' sacrifice for us and that through him we have all things. If you feel like you've got nothing this morning, just come to him and say, God, please help me to see what I do have. Help me, God, to find strength in you. Help me, Lord, to go forward to to find strength, to find hope, to find the victory that you have won for me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you right now. Let's just look to Him. Just begin to to thank Him for what He's done. If you're in that place of feeling that you have nothing, just say, God, please help me. Fill me. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised your Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never understood what Jesus did for you, that you've felt like you're on your own. But Jesus died for you upon the cross. We are all guilty of sin. That The penalty for sin is death. But Jesus came to take our death penalty. That we could be free. The Bible says if we come to Him, anyone who comes to Him, who believes in His name, who calls on Him, who turns away from sin and says, Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I give my life to you, that your sin is washed away. 
You might feel like you have got nothing to give God, nothing to earn His forgiveness. Well, that's the truth. None of us do. But through Jesus, we have everything He desires us to have. Lord God, I just pray today that you would fill us afresh. Lord, any blockages in our life, that we have not allowed your Spirit to flow, your Spirit to refresh our minds, to renew our minds, that God, you would help us day by day to to draw aside, to begin to pray, to begin to read your Word and just be refreshed by your Spirit as you speak to us. We just thank you that your Holy Spirit will never leave us, that it will never run dry. We just thank you for the miracles that you do, even as you did for that woman with that oil that day. Well, I think of that little boy who came with his couple of loaves of bread, his couple of fish. He said, I've got this. To the the people around, it looked like he had nothing. But Jesus, you multiplied what he had and you did something miraculous. God, I just pray today that you would give us faith that you would give us eyes to see what we have, that you can multiply, what you can multiply and use for your kingdom, that you would bless and fill others with hope and life and joy and a knowledge of your love, I pray in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song, and I encourage you just to lift your voices in worship. Be still and know that the Lord is in control. Stand and watch as giants fall. Surely love and mercy, your peace and kindness will follow me. Your love surrounds me. Let's sing this song. Let's thank God for everything we have through Jesus Christ. Amen.